Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of that guy that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by the very witty actor, Jerry O'Connell. It's possible that the future may not be in the hands of the scientists, as we often believe. It may be communicators. Okay, that was the fabulous Jerry O'Connell and his 70s mustache. You guys really should go check out the visuals of this on the Roddenberry <laughs> social media pages. Uh, it is it is a thing to behold. Uh, Claire Kramer is our guest again today. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you, guys. Have you thoughts about the uh, the fabulous porn stash as well as this quote? Uh, well, I love the mustache <laughs> and I just reminded myself, I sounded like Glenn from Superstore there for a minute when I was talking like this, um, not sure what happened to my voice, but the quote is really interesting. What strikes me about this quote is the second half. So it is possible mm-hmm. that the future may not be in the hands of the scientists as we, as we often believe, which is very true. We do believe that it may well be our communicators. Now, I don't know if that was like a, like some sort of like he omitted a word, but it seems like just a really interesting way to phrase what he's saying. It may well be our communicators. A communicator, of course, is a could be viewed as the handheld device, but I feel like he's speaking to a sect of our people mm-hmm. who their their job in society is to communicate. And so that's what makes the quote really interesting to me. Our storytellers, our soothsayers, our songwriters... Our newscasters? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I actually think a communicator, and Claire is so clever to point out that like, oh, it's a little ambiguous at the end of that mm-hmm. quote, right? But I believe a communicator can be anyone, right? It doesn't just have to be a scientist or, frankly, it could be a flower. You know what I'm saying? But for mm-hmm. me, I re- this makes me think about being in um, third grade in New York City and uh, I was having trouble with long division because I, I think in terms of pictures, I just saw numbers dancing around in pretty frocks, right? I couldn't mm-hmm. really, I'm a math theory girl rather than an actual math girl. So the teacher said to my best friend, who was the smartest kid in the class, go out and explain this to Rachel at lunch. And my friend who was a communicator, smart girl, was able to communicate to me while I looked at the clouds dancing around in pretty dresses, but I saw them dividing. She explained, whatever she said made it make absolute sense to me. Always love long division after that. So that is a communicator because she was able to reach me. She was able to Mm -hmm. reach perhaps the masses in a way that the actual erudite teacher could not. So it opens up who's a communicator to me. That's exciting. 
You know, there could be considered a certain sect of our culture that are communicators, but we live in the age of social media now where everybody has a voice. We all communicate with one another on our telephones, via text message, via TikToks or our Instagram stories. I had a very long, happy career as a blogger. And, you know, I never considered myself a writer or a reporter. Most of what I did was most of the commentary. Like I would say, like, this happened and this is what I thought about it. And I was able to share my individual uh, opinions, my 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 love of particular things. And I found that that really resonated with people. And I had, and I, it's funny because people are like, oh, I'm so, I was always such a fan of your blog or I'm a big fan of yours. And I'm like, it's interesting for people to say that to me because I don't consider myself something to be a fan of. I am a fan just like they are a fan. If I'm gushing about Star Trek, for example, and someone can connect with that with me, they are a fan of Star Trek as well. We are the same. We're on the same level. I just had the platform to be able to spread my opinion wider than they did. Well, and when you were blogging, you know, it was the pre-bloggers, the mm-hmm. pre-sort of social media presence mm-hmm. that we have today. And mm-hmm. I was a fan of yours. And the reason I was a fan was because I I affiliated and related to your opinions and experiences as a person. You know what I mean? Whereas now, if if I'm a fan of someone on TikTok, most likely it's because I like their dance moves. Because they're you entertaining. Because yeah. they're entertaining. But with you, it was a way you were reaching out and connecting with people in a really organic way before we had Facebook, mm-hmm. before we were on Twitter, before we had Instagram and we had that that side eye into everybody's lives, mm-hmm. you know, and and you were willing to put yourself out there. And so that's why you had such a strong fan base. It's also interesting you didn't consider yourself a writer when you were literally writing. <laughs> for- yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely can. Cons- what I did was write. Yes, but I was very short form, not even short story. You know, it was very blurby. You know, I was a Blurber. I don't know. That's even a word. I just made up a word. I was a blurber. I think I know you were you, a blurber. I think I know what you mean, though, because I wrote a book and I'm still like, I write her, you know, mm-hmm. like I are mm-hmm. writer. <laughs> but I like to go back to, Rachel, your story about the long division <laughs> and how the girl was communicating. And that is sort of what the epitome of communicating is, is being able to take information. One person is has some sort of a block for some reason they do not understand, right? Yep. And the communicator is able to penetrate that and push the information through in a way that is that is understood and absorbed. So to me, when you look at this quote and it talks about, you know, there being... Hand, uh, the future isn't in the hands of science, which mm. science to me means technology and theory and, you know, mechanics. But in communicators, it makes me think like in order to advance, we have to we have to trust the great minds of our generation, the Dalai Lamas, the Mother Teresa's. Well, the- I just want to jump in and ask, Claire, do you think that influencers are communicators of today? I think it's entertainment. Now, <laughs> somebody like we just talked about the book off camera, Untamed, mm-hmm. you know, she's a communicator and she's in the communicator in the way that Trent was with his blog. She's sharing her personal experience mm-hmm as a platform for education, okay? 
But someone, an influencer who's posting pictures of themselves with Dove soap, trying to look organic or, <laughs> you know, who's whatever, that's entertainment. No, you're right. That's because different. I wouldn't have thought about it. But like I uh, wrote this Jungian tarot book. Right. And that means in a sense, I had to break it down and communicate it to people in a digestible way. Right. Mm -hmm. Tearing away some of the science that's confusing and break it down. And um, I hadn't really thought of myself as a communicator before. But you're right. There's a big difference between someone holding up my book set going here, buy this. And then actually being able to that's break it down. That's not communicating to me. That's advertising or entertainment, which is yeah. still valid. That's sure. not invalid. Of course. You know what I mean? Of course. But I think when you look at the communicating side of it, I, there's a certain responsibility that has to be held when you are actively communicating and and those areas, you know, whether it's entertainment or advertising, don't necessarily have that aspect. No, right. you're right, because holding right. up a bar of soap, you may may or may not think it works or not. You're just holding it up as an infotainer, right? Right. On, online. As opposed to someone... Uh, I really like people who break down, like, if you're going to hold up a bar of soap, I like looking at the doctor's feeds who are like, here's the ingredients in it, and here's why it yeah. really works. That's a communicator to me, mm -hmm. actually. Yes. You know, the difference. You know, and getting back to the quote, it says, may not be in the hands of the scientists. doesn't say it won't be. It just says, may not be in the hand. The future may not be in the hands of the scientists. That it may well be in our communicators. That's because if you ever hung out with any scientists, it's probably not... <laughs> not their hands. Hey, my dad was a scientist. That's no, I that's amazing, Claire. First of all, but not every scientist can communicate with the average Correct. layman and not every mm -hmm. scientist wants to. Some scientists are kind of kind of snotty that they know this and and they understand it and I'm sure your dad wasn't like that. He raised you, who's a really open, lovely person, but what I'm saying is there could be ego involved with the scientists, right? So but but a communicator can't have that ego. That's right. Like Trent mm -hmm. on that's your right. blog, you did not have of course you have an ego. We all do, but you mm -hmm. allowed yourself to be transparent and mm -hmm. to be to, to show the positives of your life as well as the negatives, the heartbreak, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as well as the joy, you know? And so that is another thing that differentiates what we're talking about. Right. That's a good point. But then if we also take into consideration that the fact that our communications now are different than the way they were when Star Trek came out. So science has actually helped us advance the way we communicate and our communicators of today or our communicators of the future may be communicating in a way that we don't even can fathom yet because it hasn't been you know, created well, by science Well, one thing with Star Trek that hasn't yet. come true yet is the mind melding. So, you know, Wait, I have a joke with with one of the girls that I work with because we often, she'll like uh, a lot of times repeat a lot of information to me before I mm -hmm. do, you know, one of my big hosting gigs or whatever. And then I'll just be digesting all the information. She's like, I, I can never tell if you got it. And then you go on stage and I know I mind melded it right into your head. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so to speak. When it comes to mind melding, I think that's sort of, Maybe not in the way Star Trek said it, but it's a little inevitable at a certain point when the computers are implanted into our eyeballs, mm -hmm. you know, which will happen. And uh, will. I'll be able to just look at Trent and look at mm -hmm. you. And and that's closer to a mind melt. That's a little but scary will to we, me. 
will we allow that to happen? Yes, we will. Will we allow ourselves to become AI? Yes, we will. We, I think is, uh, you know what? I don't mean to sound non-optimistic, to be honest, but I think that hook, line, and sinker, we will buy into that. I do. I can't see... I can't see that changing right now. We are going to want implants in our eyes. Yeah, we are getting more comfortable with wearables, with wearable technology. Uh, We mentioned earlier, I think early in another podcast about uh, the wearable Google Glass. Uh, Snapchat has their spectacles and their, you know, uh, wearable tech. Our Apple watches have brought the Dick Tracy, you know, phone watch to reality. But yeah, I do think, will we, the three of us, do it if it was offered? Maybe not. But, you know, in 100 years... I, I believe that we will accept it. I think it's going to be the norm. I mm-hmm. do. I mean, I'm not looking forward to that. And I guess I'll, I'll be gone. But I think we are going to move more. I, I personally think we're going to end up some hybrid thing. You know, I do. I think we're going to end up pretty hybridly with the amount of I don't think religion body. will allow that. I, there's too much of this world that is controlled by Catholicism, Christianity. Valid you know, points, Claire. But once Muslim, the... Once the once the first alien contact is made, mm-hmm. I think but there's already, you know, there's already obviously a big divide between the scientific community and the the creationism, you know, which doesn't say that all people who are religious believe that you can't have both. You know, right, right. I believe you can have both. I'm not highly religious, but I definitely believe there's something out there. Mm-hmm. I probably because it's too depressing for me not to believe that since my father passed away. You know, I don't want to believe I'm never going to meet him again. You know, I want to think yeah. like, OK, in the future, I will have the joy of giving him a hug or something. Oh, but, see, when I see a child having a tantrum, I'm like, hey, dad, reincarnated having a tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. But no, I my point is I don't believe that technology will advance in. I agree with wearable tech, but internal tech, I don't think is going to be allowed for a long, long time. Socially accepted. I don't know. Maybe by the 20th. Who knows? Maybe maybe by the 23rd century, though, resistance may be futile. Resistance may be futile. I know that they are putting some chips in people's wrists so they can yep. swipe into their homes that way. This is yep. that I'm okay with. Right, but where <laughs> does right, right, but where do we're okay with a little chip inside her arm? But where does it end, right? What about a chip inside her brain that accesses mm-hmm. the other 90%? Anyway, we could go on and on and on about we this, could. you guys. But if you would like to see Jerry O'Connell's mustache in all its glory, please check out the <laughs> Roddenberry social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we want to thank Claire Kramer for being here again. Thank you guys so much. What a great conversation. And please join us again tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 